Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share my friends' God stories with you. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. This is episode 158 with my friend Lacey Rabelais. Lacey is known as the homegrown theologian, and she's passionate about God, Bible literacy, and stewarding what God has entrusted to her. She is married to her high school sweetheart, and they live with their two boys in Louisiana. So here is my conversation with Lacey. Well, welcome to the podcast, Lacey. Thanks for having me. This is so fun. We're internet friends. Yes. <laughs> okay. And I'm going to try to pronounce your name. You're Lacey Rabelais. Rabelais. Yeah. Look at you. <laughs> okay. So you're in Louisiana, right? Yes. I'm, we live right outside of Baton Rouge. Okay. And so we have to talk about something before we start to talk about uh, Bible literacy, biblical literacy and the Bible and feeding that into our kids, giving that to our kids. But we have to talk about something first on your Insta stories this morning, as in like two hours ago, I saw that you have a very odd skill and I need you to share it with the people. Okay. So I just did for some reason last night, I was like, I'm just going to be like, ask me anything. And of course, one of my friends who I love dearly was like, what's your oddest skill? And I sat there, I was like, then I'm not going to lie. I looked up the actual definition of skill to see, <laughs> to see if I was thinking about this too hard, but you know, when you define something like that, you're probably overthinking it. And then I, but I had like a, um, I don't know. I beat myself. Up. I was like, I have no skills. <laughs> and, then, and I was like, okay, yes, I do. I can do some things, but I can. Then I also looked up to make sure I was using the word slaughter correct because I didn't want it to be like PETA people coming after me. But I know slaughter and process a lot of animals. And I would say that that is probably my oddest skill. But I was raised on a farm. My dad, like growing up, he has a meat processing um, shop. And I used to like come home from school, do homework. And I learned how to spell the difference in lion and loin because I labeled the meat and I can still remember being like, is this right? No, it's wrong or whatever. But yeah. And then I went to, I went to college for animal science and at school I took two semesters of meats and I did that. And I did not eat hot dogs for a long time because I saw how they were made and I was disgusted by it, but it's fine. It was just, you know, they can be delicious if you cook them right. But anyway, just a weird, yeah. So in the zombie apocalypse, I'm your girl to survive um, and eat. I am looking, looking you up during that time and I will come and live and you have a farm with chickens and um, butterflies that are beautiful. I'm kind of, I'm kind of obsessed with the butterflies. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. A few years ago, 2000, I'm trying to think. we had, we bought our house. We've lived here for like five years, but, um, I wanted to plant a flower bed that had pollinators. So I would get like butterflies and hummingbirds. And my grandmother who was an avid gardener said, this is the stuff you need to plant. 
and I didn't listen to her for a while. And then she passed away. That was actually like the last conversation I had with her. But for Mother's Day, I told my husband that year, I was like, we have to, I don't want anything. I just want this flower bed. And she, my grandmother was right. You plant it, they will come. James built me a butterfly house. So I collect the caterpillars when they're big enough, feed them in there, and then they turn into butterflies. And I just do monarchs. Well, I did do a few swallowtails because they will devour my citrus trees. So I did that, but I just stick with the monarchs and they're beautiful. Mm. But yeah, we have chickens and plants, vegetables, and tons of flowers and herbs. But that's about it here. That is so great. And did you plant a butterfly bush? I did. Uh, Monarchs will only eat milkweed. So the female butterflies will lay their eggs only on milkweed because that is what the caterpillars survive on. So it's pretty cool. They hatch, they and their little tiny egg and they eat and eat. And then they become a chrysalis, which is, you know, mm-hmm. the things you learn. Cause it's not, it's not a cocoon from That's butterflies. Right. So they, you know, my kids tell me all the time, sometimes I'll say it wrong. And they're like, mom, it's a, chrysalis chrysalis. like thank you children I know (laughs) okay let's talk about your kids you have two kids you have this fun uh farm where you I mean how many is it is it a large farm or no we have we have a like a hair over um an acre okay perfect so enough room to do what you want to do yes yes awesome I mean riding lawnmower needed not you're not going to like push the yard I mean you could but I'm not about that no um (laughs) so tell us about your kids and your husband um my husband and I have been married for almost 15 years we are high school sweethearts and I have we have two boys almost seven and four and a half and they are Everyone loves, that's why we had, we were living in Baton Rouge, but like our yard was, you know, the difference between the driveway between us and the neighbors. So we moved out to the country. People act like it's the country, but it's not really that far. (laughs) And we have an acre and they spend all their time digging in the dirt, but so do I. So. That's awesome. It's such a great thing for kids for sure. Okay. So let's go back. What led you to really digging deep? on your Instagram, you are known and maybe in, in other places you're known for equipping women and equipping kids to know and love God. Um, so tell me, how did you come to really be passionate about that and teaching? Um, tell us a little bit about that. I'm like just thinking about what you just said to be known that I could teach my kids about God is like the greatest joy of my life because I want them to know it. Um, how did this begin? I don't, but I don't even know. It's hard to say, but I, I think that so often we hear people just tell our kids or people tell kids, parents or whoever say, just do what I say, or I'm going to tell you to do this. And all my life I've asked questions my mom would attest to this. She said the hardest question I asked ever asked her was what does guess mean? And her and I still joke about the fact that it's hard to answer. What does guess mean without using the word guess? But uh, no, it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, 
I've always asked questions and my parents have been very good. They were great about letting me investigate and just try to realize I didn't want just do it because, which worked out in high school and college because I would never, I wasn't just going to follow the crowd. Mm, yeah. So definitely. like, why would you do this? That's, mm. and a lot of times I think black and white, which is a disservice at sometimes, but I want my kids to grow up and be able to know what they believe, why and why they believe it and be able to explain it. And I mean, in second Timothy, we're told to be able to prepare to give an account for what we believe in. And I want to prepare my kids for that. And I want to be prepared because let's be real. Our kids are going to come home from a play date, um, church, school, Walmart, who knows, and say, why is someone this way? Or why do people do that or this? And I want to be able to give a true answer, not what the world says is true, but what God says is true. Mm, So good. So needed. And I think, that's what I love when your, your passion comes out, like that you really want women, you want your kids and, and us to be able to share that with our kids. So tell us a little bit about like, what is a myth you think that we as women, as moms believe when we are pouring into our kids, when we're trying to disciple our kids? Well, all of us believe that we're not equipped to do this. We mm-hmm. all think that we need to have the 15,000 letters behind our name, you know, like a degree or hold all of this knowledge to be able to teach our kids and ourselves. But that's, that's a lie because let's be real. No one that wrote scripture had a degree. Why should we be required to? Obviously there's plenty of people on both sides that have degrees or have gone to school and they can easily use what the, their knowledge for wrong. And there's people that don't have anything in any degrees or education that can use their knowledge of God for good. So I think that we should know what the Bible says correctly and strive to make sure that we, we are handling it properly, but we are all equipped to do it. Mm. How can we equip ourselves to do it? Be in the word and trust that God will equip us. Mm. And so if you're talking to a woman here that's saying, okay, I've got little kids. I've got like a two-year-old. I've got a four-year-old. I've got a baby. How did you do that when you had smaller children? I mean, you still have small children, but when they were babies, toddlers. Um, whenever, so Nate was, he's the oldest. He was two, had a miscarriage. And before that I was probably just going along life thinking I was doing a better job than I actually was doing. And during the time of miscarriage, that was, I was just entered my second trimester when we lost the baby, Mm -hmm. but I had no other option but to cling to God because that was literally my only hope. And I had to get out of bed because I had a child to take care of. Um, So it was, yeah, I'm going to lay here and read the Bible. And not that I didn't do that before, but it caused me to dig deeper to try to understand because there was plenty of people that said, 
Hey, why do you think this happens? I don't know. And then when you start thinking why it always went back to what did I do or what did, Mm. what did you like? What did I do wrong? Did I do something? You know, did you eat sandwich meat? That wasn't the correct temperature. Mm. There's too many, you know, did you dance? Did you squat? Did you know, there's too many what ifs, but I kept coming back to the fact that I don't deserve anything and everything I have is a blessing. So, because the world would tell me, you don't deserve to lose a child. You don't deserve to go through this. But how can I say that I don't deserve that when God sent his only son to die a death that I truly deserve so I can have eternal life? So through all of that, it was this hope that I had that I could only trust that God was good. His plan was better than I can ever ever comprehend or imagine and i just had to trust that so from there it was i want to know this not just in my head but my heart and my life and i want to pass this along to my children and give other women hope because the world offers nothing truly it's temporary and the world offers us temporary pleasures and joy, but God gives us eternal hope and joy and all of these promises. So after that, it was digging in and I wanted to understand who God is more than who I am because you can't, I can't really know who I am if I don't know who God created me. And it was the more that I studied, the more I wanted to study and the more I understand things still now it's I don't want my kids to be in their 30s and understanding this I want them to be seven and understand it not that that's what's gonna happen exactly but I just want them to grow up confident that God's plan is best and he knows what's best and that earth is temporary Mm. And we can see that from the past year, you know, yes. 20, I mean, how temporary, how, um, what was that word you said? Not, not finding hope um, in the world that we see. And yeah, you can definitely see that now about people talk about, I mean, I'm not trying to get into politics, but people say like our hope in new administration or old administration or whatever, but it's all earthly and we can't put no human that does like my hope is not in my marriage. I mean, I hope that my marriage is great, but I cannot put that on James and he cannot put that on me. Like our, we're not each other's savior. We're both sinners that married each other and are just trying to do the best that we can with our hope in Christ. Mm, That's good. That's good. So going through that miscarriage was, it sounds like it was a turning point for you in the area of like digging deep into God's word. Would you say that? Oh, yes. It was definitely um, probably more, went from more passive to active faith, not just, I mean, going to church, participating, believing. I mean, I don't think that I just felt like I was just going along to get along and not that there was anything. I mean, I know, I believe that I was saved and my hope was in Christ, but it was a turning point 
I've had a friend say like, it's kind of one of those revival moments when you just, I don't know, I went from passive to active, I guess is the best way to Mm. say that. That's, that's so clear. That is so clear. And I think that happens to a lot of us that are um, maybe going along to get along, like you said. And then there's that moment that, um, you know, it's the rubber meets the road. Do we really believe what we say we believe and digging into God's word? Okay. So let's go a little step further. What do you do like on a practical daily basis to disciple your kids? You know, I think we talked about earlier about how, you know, we are equipped. We feel the myth is that we're not equipped, but we really are. If we've got the word of God, we are equipped. So tell us how you do that on a practical basis. So I'm not always the best um, at coming up with questions to ask them, but we often use New City Catechism and um, the Bible primer book. It's called like First Bible Basics. I probably have it somewhere right here. but I ask them questions so that they can know how to give answers. And I think that that has been beneficial because, okay, so my oldest goes to a public school and I mean, they don't talk about God there, I'm sure, but he gets in the van every day and he tells me that he told someone about God. And I ask him like, what has he told them? Because as an adult, as a believer, we would probably say, this is what God has done in my life. And for him, in his almost seven-year-old little brain, it's, hey, God is creator and ruler of everything. And that those foundations, if we can just teach our kids, hey, who is God? What is God? Why did God create us? And Lincoln's four, and he can say, you know, to glorify God. Why did God create us? To, to know him and make him known. And these little tidbits, they're just building blocks to build upon. And I think that has been really beneficial. So we just, I ask questions. Carpool is about questions and discussions. Sometimes they go deep and sometimes they're just like, Hey, what is this? I can say anything. And the answer sometimes is just God. Like that's Mm -hmm. default answer sometimes, which yeah, that's, that's fine. I'd rather say that than, you know, Paw Patrol. But <laughs> we were talking about our church does this thing called out of out of the box, and they have these boxes. We with a checklist, you put a bunch of food in it. They give it to the food bank, and we were like, "Do you know who these boxes are for?" My son was eating lunch, and he was like, "It's for God." Like it wasn't. We were trying to explain a little deeper, and I was like, "Well, technically, yes." Yes. But, so sometimes there's those. Answers that are just the, okay, I'm just going to go with what I think is what she's looking for. And I think that that can be discouraging, but at least they know what you love and what you're asking about because they're trying, our children are just trying to please us. And if my kids think that I ask them a question and the answer that would make me most proud or happy is God, I think that that's a great, a great observation. Then they know that their mom loves the Lord. They know their dad loves the Lord. So, yeah. I mean, it's not a discouraging thing whenever they answer that way. Mm. So what would you say are steps that we as women, we as moms that have even younger kids or school age kids or even high schoolers, middle schoolers, what would you say to us are some steps we can take um, to 
to disciple our kids. Definitely get into, dig into the word, dig deep, look up words that need, that need, <laughs> that need definitions. That's why we were laughing about your comment yes. about the dictionary that, a minute ago. So yes. tell us. I mean, so yes, dig in the word and read the word together. Even when our kids are young, a lot, a lot of times we want to make sure that we get um, a children's Bible, which is great, but it's most of the time it's a paraphrase or a summarization. And the Bible says that, you know, hearing the word is important because faith comes through hearing and hearing from the word of God. So we can read scripture to them. I have read plenty of the Bible out loud to my kids while they play with Hot Wheels. Were they listening? I don't know. Sometimes they are because they'll be like, um, what was that? And like one time, oh, one of them said, hey, did that, was that like in the 90s when that happened? And I was reading about Daniel in the lion's den and I was like, no, definitely not in the 90s. I don't know how he knew how to ask that. It was very funny, but you, I knew that he was at least mm -hmm. somewhat paying attention. They absorb things um, when we know that because how many times has a kid said something that they overheard that we didn't think they overheard? So <laughs> the other thing is make sure you have resources in your house, like solid resources, great books that you can read. The storybook Bibles are great. Um, allow them to ask questions and say, I don't know, let's look this up together. And I think that would probably be really good for older kids. So if you have middle schoolers and high schoolers, they need to see that it's okay to not know the answer because we don't know all the answers. It's okay. Mom to mom and friends like, Hey, let's look at this together. And then we get to disciple each other as we do it together, hand in hand and that kind of stuff. Mm. Well, and you said something earlier that I'm going to kind of go back to, but, um, but reading, reading your Bible out to them, reading a Bible to them, not a, a storybook Bible, which those are great. Like you said, um, I remember when my son got to the age where I, he could like color or do something and actually listen while I was reading. And I would be like, let me show you what I learned today. Now, was it like 60 seconds long? Yup. But that's okay. Like it doesn't matter how long it is. It's just that you are doing it. Would you say consistency is something that we struggle with, but is real important? Yeah. And the more your children witness you doing that and they see what's important to you, then they see that it matters. So con even if you are sitting there while they're playing, I think as moms, a lot of times we always think, oh, I have to be on the floor playing, stacking these blocks. But really a lot of times these kids, our kids, they don't want us to play with them. They just want us to be next to them as they play. I've discovered that. And I've wrestled with the guilt. I was like, am I ignoring them while I sit here and read? Which no. I mean, as we were, I mean, how many times have kids been like, go down the street and play or I know you can't like lock your kids out of your house these days, but just like <laughs> go play in the backyard while I cook yes. dinner. And that's not ignoring them. You're giving them the opportunity to opportunity to explore and have fun and be independent. So if your kids are playing Legos on the floor while you sit there and read, even if you're reading to yourself, 
it's still, you're still showing them what's important to you and it should be important to you. And I mean, if you love the Lord, you're going to want to know more about him through his word. And our kids are going to pick that up. That's good. That's good. That's great. Okay. So I'm going to ask you something kind of, I'm going to put you on the spot before we move on to our eat, read, love, because our time is almost up. I mean, like what happened? Oh my goodness. Like, right. What happened? I know. Um, So here's my question to you. Have you ever walked through something personally in your life and you were able to share it with your kids, with your boys and say, Hey, this is what happened. And this is how I'm going to walk through it. Or this is what happened. And I didn't walk through it the way that God wanted me to. And I'm learning this. Have there been ever something like that that you could share with us? Every day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Right. I think so. The miscarriage topic is probably going to come up soon because I, Nate wasn't old enough to remember that and Lincoln was born after. But the other day I have a necklace that has, it says baby rab because that's what we called our kids while I was pregnant and it has their initials, but it has a number two on it for baby rab too. And they noticed the other day and they asked me something and, but then we're distracted by something else. So I think that that is going to have to come up and I want to make sure that we handle it correctly and with a biblical viewpoint. But every day is an opportunity to say, I did not handle this correctly because I still make mistakes. So I try to, and it's not always Yesterday, I yelled at the kids because they were, I don't even remember what was happening, but I did have to apologize for yelling because I shouldn't have gotten mad. It wasn't, whatever they were doing, it wasn't a big deal, but my response was not what God, how God would want me to respond. And I hope that whenever we apologize to our kids that they get to see repentance, which is biblical and forgiveness. Um, When they have to apologize to each other, they have been taught to say, I'm sorry for, you know, whatever, will you forgive me? And for us, that teaches, I should be better about this. But we ask them that too. Like, I am sorry for yelling at you. Will you forgive me? And of course, kids are like, sure, no problem. I don't know if they truly comprehend what has happened, but using those words also gives us the opportunity to one day define them. If they ask, what does this mean? Oh, forgiveness. Well, God forgave us through our, our faults and sins. How did he forgive us? Oh, Jesus took the the debt. He paid the debt. And that's the biblical answer for forgiveness. And then the command of we should forgive. So yeah, every day I get to ask for forgiveness from my kids, but I also get the opportunity to model it biblical. Do I do it every day like that? No, (laughs) unfortunately, no, but we try. Mm. I love how you say that I get the opportunity. I don't have, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. And so what is something you would leave for us as moms um, pouring into our young children what would you, a bit of encouragement that you would give us? You're already capable. I would, if I could look at myself whenever 
I had a one-year-old or two-year-old and I was a new mom. I say that a two-year-old is still a new mom. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm a new mom with a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah. I would want to grab my own face and look me in the eyes and say like, God loves your children more than you could ever imagine loving them. And he entrusted you to steward your journey as a mom and their lives as best as you could. And he trusted you with that. And I think that if I could still right now fully wrap my mind around that, I think that I would be more confident, more humble, and just like more in awe of God that how can, like, I love these children. Like I would cut off my arm for them just Mm -hmm. by myself. And he loves them more. And in that somehow he saw fit that I could do what he needed to be done. So yeah, that's kind of crazy and a little bit overwhelming, but instead of looking at it as being overwhelmed, I just want to look at it as what a gift it is that he, you know, let me borrow his children. Mm. Mm. I love how you said borrow his children. That's neat. That's a great word. Anything else you want to leave with us about this subject? It's okay to get it wrong we can, um, we can get things wrong and we can correct our mistakes. We can learn more. I mean, I think that having community that also loves the Lord is great for our children because they're going to see, my kids are going to see that I love the Lord. They're going to see that I think that scripture is authoritative and important. They're also going to see that Mom and dad have friends that view the, the word of God the same. And if they don't feel comfortable asking me a question, I hope that they feel comfortable asking, you know, some of our best friends questions. And they see that even though there's, you know, secondary tertiary issues that one of my closest friends and I, we disagree on, but we all agree on the gospel and that it's okay nobody is going to be 100% correct all the time. And that includes their mom. And I don't ever want them to feel like they can't pick up the Bible, read it, learn something about God and just share it with someone else. Mm. And that is how we're going to end it. (laughs) That was fabulous. So good. And I hope this is encouraging to y'all. It has been totally encouraging to me. First, I want to know what resources do you have available and where can people find those resources from you? Um, On my website, LaceyRabelay.com, which is probably easier to just find me on Instagram, LaceRab. But there are a ton of resources and most of them are free. There's a bunch of Bible studies that are called like mama and little studies, because I think that it's important for us to study together. And that way we get to learn and teach and disciple. And it's just fun. Um, There's a bunch of, a bunch of those. So, and there's, I don't know, there's all kind of stuff on my site and there's some, I did, I do have some pay, like some that I have sold. They're pretty cheap, but I was trying to, you know, you got to pay those website fees. That's right, girl. Don't um, for that. I got your advent for the kids. I got uh-huh. that one. And then I um, printed out the, I think the first time like we connected, I printed out your fruits of the spirit from last summer and I laminate them. And I was like, this is so cool. So you have amazing resources. I mean, 
amazing resources. So y'all definitely Thank go you. check her out for sure. That one, the other one that I really like to use is, um, there's attributes of God one. Oh yeah. We got that one too. Love it. <laughs> so, I, my husband was, cause I, I'm pretty sure wrath is one of them and like he's wrathful and I'm like, it's okay for my kids to see that because I'm going to be honest when I say that sometimes I get mad and I like, I think that that's okay for me to behave this way, but this is something for God to do. Like I can't, this is not an attribute that I need to be showing as a mom, you know, like you've probably seen that meme of the Moana Island, you know, when she's like the lava or the green, like flowery lady. I'm like, sometimes I'm the lava lady and I don't want to be that way. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So they can find it on your website. They can find you on Instagram. Yes. So what's next? I know you've been writing a good deal. I have been writing um, a lot of things. I have two like bigger projects that I've submitted places for potential publication. One was turned down and I'm okay with people like it's okay, but their reasoning, I, I'm like, oh, I was a little upset because they said that it was too much work for moms. Mm -hmm. And I felt that that was kind of an insult to moms because it wasn't a lot of, you know, like we can open our Bibles and look up a verse. That's not a lot of work and mm. moms can do hard things. Mm. Mm. Knit that on a pillow, right? I, yes. I mean, like, mm. I mean, we yeah, do we, hard things. Yeah. <laughs> so we so, mm. Yeah. So anyway, but um, I'm going to keep writing and everything is whatever God's will and God's timing. There you go. I love it. Okay. So the last three questions, the little bonus round that I ask every guest, as you know, <laughs> you listen to the podcast. So, you know, I ask, what are you eating, reading and loving? So tell me, share with dish. Eating everything. That's probably, I'm like, I don't know. Last night I cooked gumbo. It was delicious. Okay. Um, I mean, I haven't really been snacking much. I've been trying not to. Right. But I'm like, I like, I love a good chips and queso. Yes. Um, reading, mm. I'm probably reading way too much. Uh, <laughs> Saints and Scoundrels is what I'm trying to finish by Nancy Guthrie. Okay. I love, love, love Nancy Guthrie. I would recommend her to anyone. Any of her books are amazing. Um, and what am I loving? Mm -hmm. I, I just love this season. Mm. It's I'm trying to figure out how I can keep twinkle lights in my house year round. Like where yes. could I put them? Because I don't know why they're just, I don't, what is so amazing about Christmas lights and twinkles? I don't know. They are amazing. I'm loving that. And just hanging out. My husband has been working from home more this year, obviously, hmm. but um, when Louisiana, they like, we went back to whatever phase so they had more restrictions. So he came back home in the last few weeks to work, even though anyway, but I had a much better attitude about it now than I did the first time that they, everybody was home. Mm -hmm. It was much more stressful then. I don't know, but I had to remind myself he lives here too <laughs> and he can work here and I can't you know, be aggravated at little things that don't matter. So it was a little sanctification process that God is, you know, using my husband for, which is great. That's what marriage is. Yeah. So I am really enjoying 
him being home. That's awesome. Good. Yay. Well, thanks for coming on the show today. I'm so thanks glad for that having me. We, it was fun. Well, thank you so much for listening to the Friends of a Feather podcast today. I pray you were encouraged. And if you were, I want to connect you with our Friends of a Feather community. So something new I'm starting in 2021 is every month I will be hosting a Friday Zoom meetup for all Friends of a Feather podcast listeners to connect and talk about the episodes from the month. I'm really excited, and I would love for you to join in. You can go to my website at renrobbins.com, and on the homepage there, you can find out all the information. It's a free group, but it's a really great way for us to all share about the episodes, share some takeaways, and have community together. So I will see you in that Zoom room the last Friday of every month. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend.